0: It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott, and Colin, asianboxing.info is the website. I know it's been a long layoff here, and it's, it's all on me. You know, I've been busy. I've been working. Scott's been like, hey, when are we going to record this? And I say, hey, we're going to do it this day, and then something pops up. And he's like, what the heck, man? Uh, Scott, I apologize, but we're here now. How are you?
1: I'm considering firing you for all the delays and everything else behind this, but so far, so how are you making up for
0: it? <laughs> I mean, you would have every right to because uh, there have been many delays. But uh, baseball season is over, and now I'm free. I'm free for a while. At least in Los Angeles, it's done. Uh, but, Scott, we have boxing to get to. We have boxing to talk about. And let's start off with a card that we missed. And this was at Crockin Hall on the 19th. We saw a couple of good fights. First, let's start with uh, Kazuki Nakajima versus Kita Kurihara for the OPBF Bantamweight title.
1: So, this was supposed to be Kazuki Nakajima's first defense. He was taking on former champion in Kurihara. On paper, this had all the ingredients to be something special. Um, But unfortunately, Nakajima just couldn't take Kurihara's power. In round three, he was taken out. It was a. I think it was dropped two or three times in round three, and Kurihara reclaimed the title. He lost to Akuma anyway um, earlier this year. Really impressive performance from Kurihara. A loss that was waiting to come for Nakajima, if I'm being honest. He's not looked great at times. He's looked very predictable, and uh, Kurihara managed to make that, make that count.
0: And then Andy Hirooka against Jin Sasaki. This is one that I was looking forward to because you have two youngsters both undefeated. And both wanting to, to make that next step. And this was a fight for two different super lightweight belts. And, and it was about making that next step for both of them.
1: It was. Unfortunately, Sasaki um, really let himself down. He came in four pounds overweight. He was unable to win any of the titles. He looked fat the way in. He looked really just like he couldn't be bothered. He put up a great effort to begin with. But ran out of steam. And hiroaka dropped him repeatedly through the bout to the belt. finish him off at the uh Towards the end of round eleven. Big win for Hiroaka And um, back to Drumboard for Sasaki. He we need to if he's a welterweight, a light welterweight, uh, a lightweight. He he looked really bad last time out as well. And just didn't really look like he was there. He ran out of steam and just got battered in the end by hiroaka I guess it was a loss that was went to come given how he went down twice against Kaiki Yuba just a few months earlier. The
0: thing for Sasaki too is is he Kind of plays plays around a little too much, you know. He, obviously he's a tough guy, but just watching that, it, it seemed like, hey, you know, you got you have to get down to business. It's not about oh being a tough guy or anything like that. Just just fight, and Hirooka, he wasn't phased by any of Sasaki's antics, and and he just fought and, and was able obviously to come out with a big victory.
1: Yeah, I think Sasaki's problem is he's had it too easy at times. He's going away with the show, but he's gonna wear the cockiness. He's got the power to take guys out. And against Hirooka, it was just the fact that he kept hitting the guard and missing and falling short. And the golfing skill was massive.
0: For Hirooka, I mean, we've talked about him for a long time on this podcast how much, you know, we think he's talented and it's just going to take some time for him to get to that next level. But it seems that he's really starting to turn things up. Uh, what do you think is next for him?
1: I think he'll probably defend his title next year in mandatory. I think he's probably two or three fights away from a really big fight, but a bout like this is great for him. A bout against a top domestic fighter next year, uh, someone like Daichi Nagato perhaps, or um, yeah, one of those types of guys, one of the sort of veterans of the sport in Japan, is probably the way forward for him. He needs a good twelve round bout, I think, before he gets pushed. We need to see what his stamina's like a longer distance, um, what he's like when he's being pressured, but. The future is really bright for him. Um, he just needs to get, again, a bit more seasoning like we said in the past.
0: Only 25, so he has time to, to really continue to to grow. Um, and, and, man, I, I think he definitely has a, a bright future and possibly could be challenging for a world title somewhere down the line. Uh, a couple of days later, in women's boxing, Etsuko Tada made a defense of her WBO World Female Minimum Weight title?
1: Well, she tried to. Um, that was in South Korea this past weekend against Typhoon 9 Nagain, who took a really, really controversial decision win was tired This was about the I thought Tada won by a round. At worst, it was a drone. Nagain, so I've got the win. I wouldn't want to say that Sangbong Kim being... The promoter had anything to play with that, um, but Kim had something to do with that. Uh, the guy was the promoter's player, and yeah, she got the rubber green in a a, a of a woman.
0: It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Asianboxing.info is the website. So, Scott, we talk about Hirooka, Kurihara, Tada, but this upcoming weekend, Saturday, a day before Halloween. Fright, spookiness. But before that, we get to uh, a really good card, a scary good card at Caracas Hall um, with a, a bunch of different good fighters on this card, Scott.
1: Yeah, it's a card that if you just look through rate, right, you're probably not actually going to pay much attention to. When you look at the belts themselves, there's four really good belts there. As a Japanese lightweight title eliminator between Seriyu Toshikawa and Masahiro Suzuki. Uh, That really, that's a fantastic headline bout. On paper, it looks like a mismatch, but Toshikawa is much, much better than his record suggests. Suzuki is moving down in weight. Uh, He won the Japanese title at 140 pounds before vacating it, and he should be too good, but the winner gets a bout with Yoshino in the new year. Another the on that card is Kai Chiba versus the unbeaten Suzumi Takayama in what could be a firefight. Uh, I really like the look of Yasutaka Fujita versus Izuki Tomioka, which is about between a really hard puncher but crude guy in Fujita and a talented, slick guy in Tomioka. And then we see the return of Takuya Watanabe against Kazuma Sampai. what will be Watanabe's first bout since being battered into submission by Kusuke Saka in a Japanese super featherweight about earlier this year.
0: So a treat before the trick of Halloween, a treat on Saturday, the 30th at Caracas Hall with a bunch of good fighters. I know I I should stop with all the the Halloween puns. It's really bad. I apologize. But yeah, it's going to be a a decent card. And and like you said, there's no one really that stands out like superstar wise, but there's a lot of up and comers and a lot of youngsters that we're going to keep our eyes on. Uh, on the 30th well scott uh speaking of good cards that are coming up it's crazy to look at uh, all that's going to happen uh in december before we get to december though ogawa versus fuzili for the vacant ibf junior lightweight title november 27th that's going to be a good one
1: yeah that one's gonna be fantastic i think it's a matchup between a skilled softball and a heavy-handed guy and the start should really gel to give us something a little bit explosive a little bit exciting I think Ogawa's flaws are gonna end up being exposed by Fuzile but Ogawa's always got that power to try and take, uh, take the Fuzile out Really good fight and it's the been combo the versus Lopez undercard that we've been waiting so so long for already
0: That card seems like it was supposed to happen a year ago And it just kept getting pushed back and back and back so finally it'll it'll be good to have that and then also Ogawa Fuzili fighting against each other in November. But Scott, December's just looking phenomenal with all of the different fights uh, that are happening. We have a bunch of superstars coming back to the ring in December.
1: We do. It's almost like we've waited a full year for fights and they've tried to squeeze them on the last four weeks of the year. If everything goes as planned. Um, But boxing does have a way of having plans fall apart last minute. Fingers crossed we end up with... Almost a big fight every every four or five days, by the looks of
0: it. Let's start off with the Donaire versus Gabayo, and also on that same card, it's going to be Casimiro and Butler, right?
1: Yeah, the rumor is that both those bouts will take place on December eleventh in Dubai on a a card that really, at the moment, looks like it could be one of the cards of the year. Uh, both fights are managed and that title bout in the mid-point division. Uh, Casimiro, the WBO champion, defending against Butler. And Anita Donair defending against Wimak Caballo in a WBC mandatory. Two really good fights. I think Donair Caballo could be a shootout. Casimiro versus Butler, probably one-sided. But you never do know with Casimiro which Casimiro would turn up.
0: It it should have happened already, the the casimiro Donaire fight. But obviously there is bad blood there. There was... Not wanting to take Vada testing there, but is this setting up because it's on the same card that you know both winners, obviously being Casimiro and Donaire, fighting against each other next year?
1: It seems likely both are working with Probellum, the new Richard chef outfit. So fingers crossed, he'll touch them both, he'll get them sorted out, and we'll end up with that. But again, it's boxing, and you never know what's going to be next. It could be that both end up somehow I'm managing to get another mandatory or. Want to manage to fight a certain Japanese fighter that we may be mentioning? Uh, boxing gets in the way of itself, but logically, it should be used to set up that that big old Filipino unification belt.
0: Logically, this should have happened already, and that's the frustrating part because I think if this happened already, then we'd be a step closer to huge unification between the guy, the Japanese guy that we're going to talk about next, uh, who unfortunately on the 14th. Of December, we'll be fighting, but it's not going to be against anyone who's a contender.
1: It's not. It's going to be against a Thai fighter who isn't particularly well known even in Thailand, Aran Dipayan. Um, who? Yeah, a Kenne- Kennecon GPP or Ruaklek Mook. If you want to go with his Thai fighting name. Yeah, we'll stick with the first name. So much more catchier than Aran Dipayan. It's it's weird it's easy to complain about a bot like this Inoue shouldn't be fighting this guy let's be honest he would have beaten him on his debut on the other hand it's better to see Inoue fight it'll be his first fight in Japan in two years um, since he beat Dunair in the World Boxing Super Series it seems like an eternity ago it's a chance for Japanese fans to see him and I don't want to be grudged that I also don't want to be grudged on getting in another fight this year but yeah it should be an absolute Mismatch, and it is dependent on COVID allowing De into Japan, and that's still not being given a green light, which is why the bout hasn't yet been announced.
0: The real question is: Isn't there some Japanese contender that can fight Inoue, who where they don't have to bring someone in from outside?
1: Possibly, would you want to be that
0: Japanese contender? No, I wouldn't want to. That's that's a good point, but. Um, I don't know. You would be fighting a huge, huge star. You know, if you put up at least a decent fight, it, it could raise your stock as a fighter as well. And then you wouldn't have to worry about all the COVID restrictions. You know, who's going to come in? Are we going to allow him to come in? I don't know. To me, it just seems like it's a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, if you look at the actual rankings for the Dewey BA and the IBF, you've only actually got three Japanese fighters in any of them. And one of them is Takuma Anyway who fights in November. One is Kiti who we just mentioned for less than a week ago. And the other is Fono Risuke Nishida, who defends his regional title in December. But I guess really, if we're being honest, none of them were ever going to fight anywhere in December.
0: The real question is, how is Depayen, or however you pronounce his name, how is he even in the top 15?
1: He holds one of the IBF's trinkets, um, and that's literally the reason why he's managed to make one defense of it um, against a guy that I believe Curry Hard took out in two rounds or three rounds. Those titles mean a hell of a lot to these fighters to sell these bigger fights, unfortunately.
0: Too many belts. There's too many belts. Uh, it's the Asian Boxing Podcast, AsianBoxing.info. Okay, well, we've taken care of the Bantamweight division, hopefully. Next year, we have unification title fights between whoever has the belts uh, when the dust clears. A couple of smaller fighters to talk about before we get to to the big, big fights happening towards the end of the year. But, Scott, we have a couple of purse bids set. uh, Hiroto Kiyoguchi possibly going to be fighting soon.
1: Yes, he's meant to fight Bermudez, who... uh... Dethroned Carlos Canazales and was penciled in to fight Bam Rodriguez until getting injured. Oh don't get a visa, sorry. They've been told they have their purse bid set for November 1st and have until then to reach an agreement. Reality is both guys are working relationships in Matrium, so I suspect that will be on a design card next year, unless Watt and I want to get it on um, the end of this year potentially. Um the winner will probably fight Bam Rodriguez or Jonathan Gonzalez. So fingers crossed we end up seeing that one sooner rather than later because it's, it's getting frustrating waiting for that division to actually really get the bouts we want. We've seen Owen Soto lose. We've seen uh, Kenshiro lose. Two bouts that should be unification bouts for Kayaguchi. Um, let's not hold these up any longer. Let's get this Bermuda's fight sorted, Get out of the way and then get unifications on.
0: That's what's been frustrating is is because they haven't made those big fights, you've seen Soto and and Shiro lose, which both were kind of shockers. You didn't, you didn't expect uh, them losing to happen, but that's what happens when you don't make those unification fights. You lose those opportunities.
1: Yeah, you have to wonder how much money has been left from the tail by those bouts not taking place. Um, really, really, really stupid from boxing. Again, getting in the way of itself. It's same reason I won't say Daenerys, Casimiro's a done deal until I see the two guys in the ring.
0: And then also Masataka Taniguchi, he's in some sort of a boxing business battle right now.
1: Yeah, he and Wilfredo Mendez were meant to go to purse bids on the 20th of October. There was nobody making bids for that fight. It was then rescheduled for uh, yesterday, for the 27th, and they reached an agreement before then but we don't know what that agreement is, or when they'll be first thing, or when. Speculation is it could be a New Year's Eve bout in Japan as part of a TBS card.
0: Okay, well that's good. They they made the agreement, all is well. And hey, like you said, if it's a, a New Year's Eve type style fight, that'd be a good one. We see Taniguchi slowly uh, coming up the ranks. And you know, obviously he's had a couple tough losses in his career, but I think he's... Uh, Really uh, making a name for himself at, at the minimum weight right now.
1: Yeah, he's an excellent fight. He was unlucky in one of his losses. He either came against a guy who stylistically just
0: would have had his number in Vic Solodar.
1: But he's a fantastic boxer, and I think him with Mendes could be a bit of a sleeper classic.
0: All right, Scott. Let's get to the big boy fights—the fights we've all been waiting for, um, both happening at the end of the year. Triple G. Ryota Marata, December 29th in Tokyo. This one has all the makings to be a firefight, a fan friendly fight, something that will entertain us.
1: This one has ingredients to yeah entertain us. Uh, See both guys getting completely, messed up. I, I mean, GDD's slow to the point where Marata has half a chance. Marata's just a straight in your face fighter. He's gonna come and try and pick a ggg but Glocken still Glocken still punches like a mule um i think it's gonna being a being a very brutal fight for Glock guys
0: i believe on the undercard of this scott or at least happening sometime close to when this fight goes on we're gonna see Ioka versus on is that correct
1: that's rumored to be the New Year's Eve belt on TBS, so they won't be on the same show, but it'll be a couple of days apart. Um, Glove, Kimus, Murata, I believe will be shown by Fuji TV in Japan and The Zone worldwide. Ayaka Anka House will be on TBS in Japan as part of their big year-ending,
0: now-traditional type of show. Okay, so who's who's going to be on the undercard of Triple G and Murata?
1: I'm not sure at the moment. It'll probably be a bunch of Taikin fighters, but it's unclear as to who. There was some speculation that Kai Gushi versus Bermudez could potentially be on there, but not as far as I'm aware. Well. It's not likely from what I've been told.
0: Well, I love Triple G. I love Murata. I, I love both of their styles. And you you said it perfectly. They, they mesh well, especially at, the, at this point of Triple G's career where he's a little bit slower. He, he lumbers a little bit more. And, and Murata, we know, has power as well. So I can't wait for that fight on on December 29th in Tokyo for both of them. This could be a, a fight that arguably ends their careers with how brutal it could be.
1: Yeah, I think even the even the winner is going to be damaged goods after this, just from their styles um, and and the, the loser is probably looking at retirement. They're both old men now; they're both past the primes, and it's a big cash hole fight for the loser.
0: Moving to Ioka on Cajas, New Year's Eve fight, huge fight. We know whenever Kazuto Ioka fights on New Year's Eve, it's going to be good. Um, and for on Cajas, you know, we've seen ups, we've seen downs in his career. And I think he's starting to really figure things out. So uh, this, uh, again, another firefight between Ioka and Cajas.
1: Yeah, this one's been mentioned in the media and... With being you never know if he's actually going to accept the fight uh, his competition since winning the title has been very poor but the media seems to be suggesting this is this is very close to a done deal um, and if so we should see it announced in the next week or two and it's a brilliant brilliant fight two really talented guys two guys who can mix it up two guys who are smart fights as well and um, it could be a contender for fight of the year on the last day of the year it really could be one of those types of excellent matches and it's about the to be honest the superflyweight dividend needs this year after some of the uh, some of the shenanigans and some of the issues that we've seen through other fighters.
0: The good part about the super flyweight division is they while we do have the shenanigans, while we do have uh some bad things going on, we've seen good fights uh between some of the best and Ioka is no exception. He's he's gone out there and, and tried to challenge the best and I love this fight against San Cajas, because uh, yeah, he is one of the best in the division, and um, whoever comes out of this, they're going to hopefully challenge and unify against uh, the winner of Roman Gonzalez, uh, Juan Francisco Estrada. I mean, that's, to me, what would make most sense. Yeah, just in fact, you know, i got
1: managers piling upon pretty much every title. You've got Shisaket versus Quadras for the WBC. you got an absolute mess happening because the fighters aren't active enough to sort things out. And I'm afraid say boxing will get in its way again.
0: Darn it. Boxing getting in its way. You stop that. Stop it, you stop not fighting. Fight for other, quick chop. Get to it. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Asianboxing.info is the website. Well, Scott, December, it looks like it's going to be amazing. Like you said, as long as everything goes off without a hitch. COVID doesn't get in the way. Injuries don't get in the way. December is going to be a month to remember in a year that's been quite forgettable.
1: It's been a very stop-start year. Yeah,
0: very forgettable, very annoying year. But we have December.
1: We do. If it goes
0: goes the way it's supposed to. I think it is. I I believe it's going to go that way. And I believe that uh, we're going to get all these great fights. And we'll be keeping you updated on all that's going on here on the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. We appreciate you. Uh, But until then, we'll talk to you next time.